All right, now we're really recording. Perfect. All right, friend. It's episode seven. Episode seven. Welcome, Welcome to Moody Broads. Moody Broads. Um, I'm Rachel Rangel. I'm Rachel Riley, and it's not Wednesday night, so I'm drinking coffee instead of wine. Yeah. See, the thing was, I got a little sick yesterday with, like, a major cold, and today I feel human again. Not human enough to go near your babies, because I don't want to get them sick, but human enough to sit in the closet with you and and talk into microphones. So, I, when you told me that you didn't want to come over because you weren't feeling good, I was just like, well, that's weird. And then you said something about not getting the babies sick, and I was like, oh. (laughs) <laughs> that's uh yeah that is that's super that is that is that's very, a thing very thoughtful no, I, of you <laughs> having uh babies that are congested is very stressful because there's no real medicine you can give them you just have to just suck everything out with, with a nose the, frita i know you know everybody tells me how gross the nose fritas are but let me tell you what those people don't have children uh yeah and also we have like one of those electric nasal aspirators and we have the bulb aspirator and none of them provided as much comfort as a nose Frida, and I'm a, I have a Derma Frida, like wow, you have a bunch cat. of Fridas, yeah, it's, it's awesome, it's pretty. Smart. We could do a whole episode on things that parents need, but that's boring. If yeah, you're not I mean, a we're not going to do it. We actually Absolutely have a pretty not. interesting topic to talk about today. Uh, but before we get into that, um, I figured we'd do our little catch up. What's going on in your life, Rachel Riley? I literally don't have anything going on in my life except I did was after I almost died last night. Um, I wanted Wait, to tell what? you about this. What? I, okay, so I didn't actually almost die. You saved this for the podcast. I did. I'm just um, now hearing this. <laughs> I did. So last night I went to floss my teeth after dinner, and um, then I used some mouthwash. And as I was spitting the mouthwash out, I inhaled some of it. Have you ever inhaled mouthwash before? I can't say that I have. It was fucking awful. I, I believe was, you. I was coughing so hard that I started gagging and my eyes are red and watering and I just couldn't stop and everything hurt and I thought I was dying and then I left all the doors open because I thought, I mean, you're just, you know, flossing and rinsing your mouth out. So I didn't, yeah. I didn't think anything was going to come of it. So I left all the doors open and I came out and said, <laughs> said are, are you okay? <laughs> it sounded pretty rough in there. He's like, what were you doing? Brushing my teeth. Flossing my teeth. And I couldn't, I felt it burned for like 30 minutes afterwards. Like I felt the burn of the mouthwash. What kind of mouthwash was it? Like Listerine? Blue stuff? Blue stuff. I think it's the Walmart brand. I don't know. That Listerine is no joke. Oh my God. Yeah. It was was so awful. (laughs) Trying to think of anything interesting going on in my life and I can't really think of anything either. Except that you'll appreciate this. This morning my uh, seven-year-old was asking me, she was doing some some things on her the computer for uh-huh. school and she was like mom what's an opinion and what's a fact and i was like oh well you know a fact is something that like is true uh-huh. like, like it, it is a fact um it, it has nothing to do with what you think of it it just is true so like tacos are made with tortillas is a fact i said but like tacos are delicious is an opinion because not everyone thinks they're <laughs> delicious and she goes but tacos are delicious <laughs> and there was this moment where she was like it's a fact and i was like <laughs> Technically, no. Even though I agree with you, they're fucking delicious. <laughs> Tacos are good. That's how I know my child is just very, very Texan, very Mexican. Oh, Texan. Um, she just has grown I, up eating delicious tacos. I, so, you know, we we're going to be moving soon. And before, probably in July. And all I can think of is where am I going to get my breakfast tacos at? Yeah, depending on where you live, there's going to be, like, if you go to, like, San Diego, I'm sure you can get a good breakfast taco, right? Yeah, but, like, I if would you hope go so. to, 
well, I don't know about Virginia Beach, but like where we are going in North Carolina, there are no good breakfast tacos. So I understand. Breakfast tacos are life. Like I didn't, I never had a breakfast taco until I met Zach. And now breakfast tacos are life. They are life. Like they are so good. We we found like a recipe on the bodybuilding website. It wasn't like a recipe. It was just like, hey, it was a suggestion. Yeah. Put your meat, put your eggs, put some rice in there. Wrap it in a tortilla, and there you have it. And I was just, this is amazing. There you go, and man. And so, um, but also that place that we get our Mexican food from down the street, they have the best breakfast tacos. Last weekend, Zach went and bought, I said, just get six of them. And he brought home nine. <laughs> oh, that's like, a good man right there. I, I said, You, you go, I, Zach. I said, I feel like nine was a little much. And he's like, well, I figured we were going to eat it for breakfast and lunch. And I said, you are absolutely correct. I mean, they're just the perfect meal. They really are. a little bit of everything you need. And if you put like avocado on them, you've got like your B vitamins and you're good. I eat eggs for every. Oh, you like eggs? Oh my God, I love eggs. Yeah, you know what would be cool for you, right? (laughs) If you had chickens, but you don't want them, so... Um, no, you. because there's fucking snakes. Did Snake. I tell you about the snake in the pile? You did. You should tell the podcaster listeners. So <laughs> we have been, I think I mentioned that we have like a little bit of land and we're clearing it out. And, um, so last weekend we've had a lot of rain and Zach, we were going to clear, clear it out, do, do the, do the stuff. So, um, last weekend, Zach called the fire marshal, let him know we were going to be burning stuff. He burns the first two piles and he comes in and <laughs> my mom. My mom was like, did you see anything, like, come out of the piles? He was like, I saw a couple scorpions, but Ugh, that's that's all. Scorpions. I know, fucking scorpions. Lennon just, They're... like, starts getting that look in her eye. I know. She she's like, I'm going to eat this. It's I'm a delicacy. Yeah. Um, but so uh, my mom went to go run an errand, and he went out to go do the, the, the third pile, and he comes back in the house, and he goes, I lit the pile on fire. He said, I got a, I got a pretty good fire going, and all of a sudden this long-ass snake just comes slithering slowly out of this yeah. burning pile of brush and so then i found one i found it what kind of snake was it oh it was just a rat snake but it was really long he said it was like three or four feet long and we've um, we've killed some out on my in-laws property that were like seven eight feet long they're They're terrifying but but they they, are they are harmless technically they're harmless to us they eat all the the venomous or venomous snakes too like they eat like the copperheads and the rattlesnakes but anyways go rat snakes i know rat snake um, appreciation you know we're probably triggering some people with like legit snake phobias like i know you have a problem (laughs) i know like my friend i have a really good friend who's like deathly afraid of snakes i don't like Um, snakes either so just skip over this part just shuffle well there was a dead one in my driveway it was a small i think zach ran it over with a lawnmower (laughs) and then there was another one so yesterday before yesterday what's today it's Thursday. Thursday. Um, so, yeah, so the day before yesterday, would that make it Monday? Tuesday? Tuesday was the day before yesterday. So it was the day before We're the day so before tired. yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'm so tired. Zach goes, um, there was a dead there was a dead snake in the um over by the mailbox and I was like, What? <laughs> and huh? so yesterday when I was driving, um, I wanted to see it and I asked him what kind what, like what did it look like? He was like, It was green and I wanted to see if it was still there because I don't like um and if it's if it's dead, like morbid curiosity we all know about my morbid curiosity if you listen to last week's podcast. yeah sorry about that actually i'm not sorry <laughs> because look I... there's disturbing things in the world and sometimes we're going to talk about them because we feel like they need to be talked about absolutely so i needed need to get that don't repeat them i needed to get that off of my chest and get yeah. it out see and you know what i haven't really thought about it since like that's how i you got it that's, out that's how i process things you i talk about it many people but it's i know out well now. that's how i, t- I talk about it and then 
I'm done with it. That's one of the symptoms of my uh, OCD is like constantly needing to talk about like things that make you uncomfortable. Yeah, like things that I'm anxious about, like thoughts that pop into my head that upset me. Like if I if I run it by another person and they tell me I'm not insane, I feel a little better. So I'm not saying that's what you did. But no, like, that's definitely what I yeah, did. Yeah. I ran it by a bunch of people, and a bunch of people were like, "This is fucked up, right?" Yeah, like, why are you telling us about this? Can we please just talk about funny stuff? Yeah, like the fact that I <laughs> drove by the mailbox and I I got up in my my mom was like, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm not doing anything." And I got up, I sat up real straight, and I kind of like lifted myself up, and I drove by really slowly. And she said, "What are you doing?" And I said, "Zach said there's a dead snake in the in the puddle by the mailbox, and I wanted to see it." And she just looks at me. And gives me this eat shit and die look. Like I gave birth to you. Yeah. And so I did see it. It was, um, but I didn't really get that good of a look at it because I wasn't getting all the fucking car to look at it. Are you kidding me? That's where my curiosity stops. I just coughed into your husband's clothes. So if he gets sick, you know He literally doesn't wear any of those clothes down there. (laughs) I wear those clothes. Those are all sweaters and I wear them. That's, that's true love is when like you adopt all his sweaters. I have all my sweaters belong to Matt, but now they're mine. Well, obviously. He's always like, you're always wearing my clothes. And I said, you can wear my clothes if you want. That's fair. But he never wants to wear my clothes. Well, that's just disappointing because that would be excellent entertainment for you. I agree. But anyways. I'm going to cough one more time. Okay. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Anyway, I have a a lot of, like, my nose, my my voice sounds like shit today. I'm sorry. However, we're going to be talking about beauty, attraction, and the science behind it. And uh, this is, like, super interesting stuff. Um, and I'm sorry that I sound horrible while talking about how to be beautiful. I'm going to cough one more time. <laughs> um, so I just want to state for the record that I literally did no research for this podcast other than downloading the books. And I read the first two chapters, maybe two, two and a half <laughs> chapters of um, the book that – Rachel is going to be discussing today. Yeah, you have twin infants, so uh, nobody in their right minds is going to get mad at you for not having time to read a book. Ooh, I um, bought that book on the Donner Party, and it's just been, like, it's been Lennon's chew toy. She's just chewing on it. It's very ironic. <laughs> a book about eating people. She's like, I'm going to eat the book. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this book, Subliminally Exposed by Dr. Stephen Diane. Diane, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. D-A-Y-A-N. He is a plastic hmm. surgeon. Um, first and foremost. And so, uh, a lot of what he discusses in the book, there are like, uh, sprinkled throughout the book is like how you can use plastic surgery to enhance these things. But he also, uh, he really just kind of approaches it from just a very matter of fact standpoint, not saying that like you need these things. Basically this book is all about, um, how our like ancient instincts are like primitive, the things that have been around since day one, uh, still drive what we find attractive, who we find attractive, and um, all that all that jazz. So the book is super interesting. If you want to read it, do so. But I'm just gonna go over like as much as I can. I mean, I've I've read a lot on the subject, but this book in particular just had me like writing page after page of notes because I just find it all so fascinating. There, there's a lot of notes. <laughs> I was skimming there's through a lot them. Of notes. Just... So like first and foremost. <laughs> Um, He mentions that, you know, some people have what we refer to as um, the X factor. So, like, really um, attractive. It's like, think of a celebrity who just, like, everybody likes them. Bridget Monaghan. We were just talking about her. Were we talking about Bridget Monaghan? Yeah. The one that Tom Brady dumped, like, years and years and years ago? Yeah, that's the one. (coughs) 
for Giselle, who is also beautiful. Um, which I guess you could even work that into the conversation about uh, why some women are more attractive to a men than other women and why some men leave their wives and why some women leave their husbands. Um, these are all things that come down to like our internal like instincts uh, when we're looking for a mate. So basically everything is driven by um, the innate urge we have to pass on our genes, right? So like mm-hmm. a woman – most of what we find attractive comes down to like subconscious things that were that are going through the back of our mind about who's going to be the best genetic provider to have genetically superior children. Matt Bomer is my genetically superior. Yes. Like, yeah, he's he doesn't even beautiful. Like, my although he style. doesn't like ladies or my style, probably. I mean, he doesn't like women at all. He he likes men. God, he's so beautiful. He is very beautiful. Um. So he kind of he he calls this the F factors. Um, so the first one being the fertility factor, and basically the fertility factor is just something that prompts a visceral reaction that compels us to reach out or back away. It's like we're drawn to um, like fertility signs of fertility because, like I said, it's in all of our blood. Like it's in our. Mm-hmm. Oh, I sound so dumb. I still have cold brain. So that's the fertility factor. Um, it's rooted in basically our quest to. Um, procreate and pass on our genes we just we love people that that exude fertility and health that's really what that is and then there's the fear factor and it's the part of us that um because we've evolved from you know primitive ancestors (sighs) that had to fight tooth and nail to survive and didn't live as long as us we have it in our in our brains it's it's almost instant that we can perceive a threat was that in the in the book or did I read this somewhere else that the reason babies stop crying when you pick them up is because they, it, they've been, um, they know that if you're picking them up, you're running from something that's. Oh, I haven't heard that, but it makes sense. Yeah, it, so it's it's it, it that's why. So back when we were running from saber tooth, longhorn yeah. tigers or As whatever they are, um, you know, a mom would pick up their their child. To run and get away from them, and the child would be quiet because mm-hmm. that's what needed to happen so mm-hmm. they could escape. Escape. Um, so, yeah. And so that's why – I don't even remember where I read that. Um, but that's why babies are more quiet when you pick them up and you're standing mm-hmm. with them versus when you sit down with mm-hmm. them. Well, and babies are also drawn to beautiful faces, and that's something that um, he talks about in the book is that a lot of people think that, you know, our standards for beauty are um, – driven by society culture the things that we see are and inundated with from a young Mm -hmm. age but babies who obviously are not reading magazines and watching celebrity gossip news they apparently respond better to beautiful faces they like symmetrical faces because that's the one key thing for both sexes is symmetrical faces are more beautiful but have you seen like an absolutely symmetrical face Yes, they're and they're super weird. fucking weird looking. They are. Like when they take like one half of a person's face and like mirror it to yeah. the other side. It does look weird, but symmetry, it doesn't have to be perfect, perfectly symmetrical. But like even as babies, um, little children who we still are designed to see for like symmetrical faces mm-hmm. are healthy faces. They're safe faces. They don't inspire fear, which is the opposite of really, um, you know, the opposite Um Heavy, heavy jaws, heavy brows, close-set eyes. So if you ever look at, like, um, like a Disney villain versus, like, a Disney princess. Yeah. Or not even the Disney princess, but just, like, all the characters. The good ones have big eyes, um, big lips, 
small noses, all these things, because in the back of our heads, it tells us that they're friendly. Whereas the villains, when they really want to play up that somebody's evil, they make them look like a Disney villain, you know, all the like the witchy uh, look to them, which is really ironic because mm-hmm. I have a witch profile. And I mean, I don't think people are scared of me, but if you are, I swear I'm not I'm not going to hurt you with my pointy chin. I don't think you have a pointy chin. It's pretty fucking pointy, bruh. Look at that. You know what? I've never noticed. I guess I don't very pay attention. Pointy. My profile is something I've come to accept. It's very pointy. But, um, so testosterone plays into that. So, like, the more testosterone a man has, the more likely he is to have these very aggressive features. So, when women are looking for a man who looks like he has the right amount of testosterone, there's, like, a line where it becomes too much. And that's when they become threatening. So, a lot of, like, media outlets, like movies and TV mm-hmm. and things, when they're making they want to portray somebody as a villain, they use these features because it it triggers that fear factor in the back of our brain that tells us that that person is a threat that's crazy it's wild bro there's there's a lot of science that goes into mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff you know so i once again reading i don't know where i just i just read things obviously we know how i am about that <laughs> um but i was um reading that in horror movies it's kind of the same thing. They yeah. they use those high pitched noises because they remind our what's the word I'm looking for? Our um, subconscious. Yeah, our subconscious of like babies screaming and yeah. shrieking and meaning danger. So that's what makes like our little pricklies stand yeah. up. It's so much so much that goes into like marketing and entertainment. It comes down to these things that Which are like is so crazy because you you know like their even, mind they're they're screwing with your mind. Yeah, yeah. They and know you just yeah don't expect that, but at the same time, I guess you kind of do. Yeah, I mean it, it makes total sense. Um, they in the book they show examples of men with who are masculine looking, but then they add more masculine looking features, and it kind of like you can see how they become more threatening looking which is actually quite a turn off to women turns out too threatening we like them to look a little threatening because they can scare off they can protect right? you protect that's that's you. once again this was a really interesting thing that was in the book that that kind of uh blew my mind you've heard of the seven year itch correct yeah i have yeah. so this um he says comes down to they think that there's a link um to the fact that when our primitive ancestors lived much shorter lives mm-hmm. um Normally about seven years old is when a child can become quote unquote self-sufficient. They can find their own food. They don't, they don't breastfeed anymore, <laughs> you know, because back then they breastfed a lot longer. Um, they, they can kind of protect themselves. Mm-hmm. Although the thought of a seven-year-old being on their own today is like absolutely ridiculous to us. But back then they say that like it's basically programmed into us that once a child has reached seven years of age, um, our brains start to look for another mate because it's time to move on. So that's why I'm not getting like a legitimate seven year itch because my kids are just born. Yeah. And not Maybe. Seven. And that might be, he's saying that might be where it comes from. He says, studies show that the odds of a couple breaking up are highest when their first <laughs> child reaches the age of seven. Um, I the bio- even, it's all biology, I man. I couldn't even imagine being like, hey, the twins are seven years old. It's time to find a new mate. Like, yeah. hey, you're not going anywhere. You help me make this mess. You're going <laughs> to help clean it up. They're really good at arguing now. You can't leave. 
like having opinions and talking back. Yeah, my seven-year-old right now is is um, a lot easier to take care of than like her four-year-old sister in some ways, but then also a lot more difficult. She has like serious questions that I have to answer, she's and so she's great. she's so awesome. I mean, I I love this age, and like it's kind of hard for me to imagine um, that this this being the case for us because I'm like now that Betty's seven like we don't argue about how to parent Betty because she's so easy to parent now whereas like when you're trying to figure out how to navigate the waters of like toddlerhood with your spouse and you're both exhausted and the baby and it's crying and you're just that's when I feel like you're more likely to split up not when the kid is seven and in second grade and like just being super chill most of the time so that was interesting um so symmetry that's like the biggest thing our brains are pre-wired to look for symmetry we like it we find it attractive and you might be wondering like why do ugly people find other ugly people and fall in love because that that's also answered later in the book it all has to do with how we perceive ourselves i have one ear that sits lower than the other and let me tell you what all my goddamn glasses are crooked dude i have the same problem it Maybe it's sucks. everybody. Maybe we're just not symmetrical. Enough. Well, I mean, and that's the thing is like nobody's perfectly symmetrical. Like you said, we like that's been proven by um, them mirroring one yeah. side of the face. Oh together. yeah, it's so. But weird. you know, we can you can tell when a person has a more symmetrical face yeah. than another person. And so like, I have a very I don't have a very symmetrical face because of my nose, and I know it. And but you know, obviously, like I snagged myself a snack. <laughs> I mean, he likes my unsymmetrical face, so um. that's cool. Um, that's why noses are so important and why that's like one of the most popular cosmetic surgeries. Well, you know, so in reading the two and a half chapters of that book that I read. (laughs) I love this. Um, the doctor was talking about how this, this kid, this high schooler wanted his nose fixed. Yep. And, you know, the, the mom didn't make a lot of money, but they, she managed to, um, I think he said he was, she was a single mom, right? Or Mm -hmm. something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. And they, um, he got his nose fixed. They, they managed to come up with the money and got his nose fixed. And then the mom emailed the doctor and was like, hey, thank you so much. Yep. You've, ch- you've changed my son's life. Yeah. He is more confident. He's more coming out of his shell, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I guess, I don't know. I always wanted to have my ears pinned back when I was younger. But really? Now the- oh, my God. I love big ears. I think they're so cute. Uh. I mean, you've seen my husband. Rachel, your car doors are open. Well, I have a car uh, flap. Just fly away from this bullshit with my ears. Yep. So they're not that big. And they're not they anymore. Are. I've grown into oh, them. You've grown oh, you've. Oh, I've grown okay. into them. Yeah, I had. Pretty but they big still stay out far. So like, um, when I wear hats and stuff like that, it makes my ears very prominent, and I can't like wear my hair down flat because my ears stick out through it. It's just really like I went to get my driver's license picture taken one day, and my ear was sticking out. And the lady was like, after she took my picture, she goes, honey, we got come here, this. come Aww. here. And I went over and I was like, what? She goes, I leaned in to look at my picture and she went out and she floofed my hair so you couldn't see yeah. my ear. And I was just like, you are so thoughtful. Thank you. That's really, really nice. <clears throat> she was that's, a very, she was a very nice That's really lady. nice. Well, your nice. ears are actually um, not as big of a deal when it comes to uh, like biologically looking at beauty and here's why we we process symmetry from the uh middle out so that's why noses are the first thing people see most of the time so ears are very few people are gonna look at your ears first huh so there you go 
Um, well, it's like for noses. So like a really good example is Bella Hadid. You know who that is, right? She's a model. That's okay. No. Really um, stunningly beautiful <laughs> uh, supermodel. But no. she had a nose job before she started modeling. And if you look at the pictures of um, her beforehand. Kylie Jenner or whatever. She had her lips done. Um, which we'll get into lips in a minute here. But Bella Hadid had her nose done, and I mean, I really don't – it's so sad, but I don't think that her career would be what it was with her her nose beforehand. Like, something about fixing her nose drew more attention to her eyes. And it's just – it's this is all – like, this is all stuff to be taken with a grain of salt, right? Like, I have a big nose, and I'm okay with my face. That's a – that's a – Right? That's a that's a tiny nose. Yeah, now. it's like really. Small. I didn't think it was big to begin with. It wasn't. Though. I mean, but getting it fixed is really what skyrocketed her modeling career I, because just how our brains process beauty. That's mind boggling me. But also, she's a ne- what they call a nepotism model. I mean, her mother was a model, her sister's a model. You, it was easier for her uh, to break in, but she's absolutely stunning. There's no denying that. I don't know anything about modeling other <laughs> than you can get glamour shots done. Hey. Which I was thinking we should get glamour shots done for our profile. Oh, like the this. 90s style? Yeah, with, with the, the boa. big hair. Oh, or, yeah. I want a feather boa. The jean jacket that's kind of Fuck like yes. over your shoulder. I want feathered hair and a boa. How do we make and this happen? I'm sure there's a Walmart somewhere that still does this. Let's do it. All right. Well, we know what we're doing for her for now. Like, <laughs> we're starting that research like, today. Like, to, like now. <laughs> um, so the reason symmetry is so important to our, our primitive brains is that it signifies health. Because when a baby is developing in utero, uh, babies that – this is so hard to say because, like, babies are all – I mean, not all babies are, like, are, are absolutely beautiful babies. Like, I'm not trying to be rude, but, like, all babies are precious. I love them all. But, like, some babies are cuter than others. Okay. And, like, mine are really cuter s- than a lot of the ones I've seen. I'm, I'm going to stop you right here. Okay, okay. And let you know that yours truly was one of the ugliest fucking babies you've ever seen. Which one? Me. Oh, you. I thought you meant your baby. Oh, my God. No. You're like, no. they're perfect. They are perfect. They're perfect. They're perfect. No, I was going to say, was, they were really cute when they I were was, first born. And I they're cute now. hideous. So, yeah. I came out. Um, I broke my mom's tailbone. And she okay. has knee problems. Because I would be I pretty pissed still I couldn't if I were come, her. I couldn't come out. So, they put her knee. They shoved her knees up to her, um, up to her chest. So... Hurt her knees, broke her tailbone. Oh I came God. out. I came out the same way that I still sleep. I put my elbow over my forehead like this, right on. And I that's how I came out. And so if you look at my baby pictures, I have this like <coughs> blonde hair, and I have a fucking purple face. Like my face was so bruised, See, it like a rutabaga. It was really bad. I'll have to find them. But Rutabaga like anytime Rachel. I look at those pictures, I'm just like, oh, sorry, mom. So bad. And so yeah. my dad actually almost got fired from his job because someone was like, that's the ugliest fucking baby I've ever seen. Are you serious? Yes. And then he fought them, huh? Uh, he was going to, but luckily the superintendent, did I say Super it right? Superintendent. <laughs> superintendent. It never goes away. I know. He was just like, hey, man, I get that it's your first kid. You can't be doing that. But I totally understand. She's beautiful. She's not. But she's beautiful. (laughs) I was. Yeah. Oh, I was such a hideous baby. Yeah. Oh. It's not not so much that babies when they are first born or even when they're babies that you can tell. We can't tell what someone's going to look like when they're a baby. You just can't. Like, there's tons of of cute babies who grow up to be ugly adults and vice versa. But um, being, uh, having, like, the correct amount of, like, you know, vitamins and nutrition in the womb does play into how symmetrical our faces are. Really? Which, yes. um, It's... uh, 
things can be disrupted uh, by stress, malnutrition. And so uh, the more symmetrical a face is, the more quote unquote healthy it is, the more um, healthy we were in our developmental stages. Um, So if you want to get plastic surgery to get your face more symmetrical, um, you can also go the opposite way with it, which is um, we love symmetrical faces, but we don't like faces that look like they have been over altered. So we can tell when you can tell somebody has obviously had plastic surgery, it actually becomes less attractive. So basically, if you're ugly, you're screwed. If you get it all fixed, you're screwed, too. So we're all fucking screwed. Ashley was really symmetrical. Yeah. Lennon had a bunch of tubes on her face, so I couldn't. I can't tell looking. (laughs) And you can't tell now. But like when they're, you know, this is all it all comes down to just like what our brains perceive i mean there's lots of people who are going to have perfectly symmetrical faces and it has nothing to do it has nothing to do with your health this just has to do with what our stupid brains think our stupid Stupid brains. brains so um let's get into symmetry and um if this is going where i think it's going then i am super excited about this right okay yeah go on women like we really fucking care about symmetry more than men do We don't realize it, though. Women are more likely to orgasm with a symmetrical male of 86 heterosexual couples who were asked detailed. I know. Who were asked detailed about their sex lives by a team of doctors and the University of New Mexico. The women who had intercourse with more symmetrical men achieved orgasms more often. And a woman subconsciously knows when she is with a male who is genetically fit and superior and by having an orgasm she gives preference to his sperm to fertilize her eggs wow so like women's brains we really like symmetry and that gets even worse when we are ovulating we are more likely and when i say we i mean women i don't mean me and rachel so just everyone fucking calm down (laughs) (laughs) women um women really like symmetrical males when they're ovulating and we are more likely to leave our partner to go mate with a symmetrical male because we really want gen- like genetic superiority when it comes to looks because we're fucking shallow apparently deep down we want our babies to be super cute so we're like that guy's hot but like look how symmetrical his face is we're more likely to it doesn't mean that people are going to i am just kind of mind-boggled yeah. Here's the the downside to all of this is that we love symmetrical males, right? We, we just love them. They're also more likely to cheat. So in the same way that women are more likely to cheat really? on their partner. Yes. In the same way that a woman is more likely to cheat on her partner with a symmetrical male when she's ovulating. Because our preference in men can change completely when we're ovulating. Um, I believe that. Yes. Like, I believe that. Really deep voices, really masculine traits, really symmetrical features, all of these things um, become very attractive to us when we're ovulating because that's just our that's just our body wanting to make more babies. And so basically our body's like, oh, you want to – like, it's time to have babies. It's time to get pregnant. And um, that guy's got good genes. So, like, that one right over there with the deep voice. Very masculine, very good genes. So this is all, like, shit that our brain's doing when we're just, like, trying to go about our lives. I'm, our brain's just looking for hot dudes. I am just trying to, like... This is why I'm kind of glad you didn't do all this research, because I feel like I can tell you this, and you're just now learning it, and I... I, I am, and I, and my, bo- my body, my brain, is so part of my body, is, is processing everything you're telling me, and I'm going back in the far reaches of my brain trying to think of instances 
where Mm -hmm. I have shown a preferential treatment to, or, you know, like, Mm -hmm. where I've been like, oh, hey, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so, like, I'm just trying to, my mind's blown. You have to think of it in, um... It says, if you think of it in raw terms of evolution, nature desires males with the most symmetrical features and therefore motivates them to procreate more. This isn't an excuse for a married man's philandering, but it goes a long way in explaining it. Um, This is the same thing, and and like what I'll get into later once we get past the looks, another thing that really drives women's um, attraction to men is resources. Um, This all comes back to like our caveman days, like who who could provide the most for the offspring, for you, to keep you safe. And nowadays that comes down to money, social uh, power, um, just like power and money, basically. And that is why a scrub is a guy that can't can't get no love love from me, and he's hanging out the side of his best friend's ride. Mm-hmm. He ain't got his own ride. He doesn't That's even why. have his own ride. That's, That's just, right. It's not cool, girls. I mean, if you're if you're dating a dude who has nothing going on for himself, uh, you're not listening to your your caveman brain, cavewoman brain. That, I think that there is a sort of attraction to. Um, why, why do I keep getting so many phone calls? Like, literally, nobody ever calls my phone, and then Until today, we're recording the podcast. It, well, j- today in general. <clears throat> but um, I think that there is something to be said for, what's it called? Excuse the mom brain. What's it called when you, like, are goal-oriented? Ambitious. Yeah! <laughs> ambition! Oh, uh, yeah. The like, there's something... There's something about an mm-hmm. ambition. And that's really what it comes down to. Women's attracti- attraction to ambitious men really comes down to um, our our desire to have somebody with resources. It's attractive to us because it makes us feel safe. It makes us feel like any offspring that we have will be provided for and safe. And that's really what our brains are doing all the time is trying to procreate and then keep those offsprings safe to continue on your gene pool and live forever through your descendants. And don't let them mm-hmm. eat scorpions. Don't do it. That's... Very, very good advice. Yeah. Don't let your kids eat scorpions. Um, so here we go. Here's some really de- depressing shit uh, because I'm telling a 30-year-old woman, and this is coming from an almost 30-year-old woman, women are perceived to be at their most attractive age at 24.9 years old. So well, almost 25. I was 23 for like five years. So, so you were I like had right that. there. Yeah. No. I mean, I'm not anymore. Okay. I We're done being 23. We're 30 now. You know, I was going to be 23 for a while. Um, So, two years ago, um, you know how Facebook does the memories? Yeah. Uh, two years ago, I vowed to stop lying about my age. So, you really were pretending to be 23 for five years. Oh, my God. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And, um, and so... We need to unpack that someday. I, <laughs> I had this client when we lived in Guam and I did real estate. I took her out and she was like, how old are you? And I said, well, I tell people I'm 23. And she said, honey, you need to reevaluate what age you tell people because mm-hmm. you can't pass for mm-hmm. 23 anymore. Mm-hmm. And at that moment, I was like, 25? <laughs> I lied about my age for so long that I forgot how old I was. Okay. Yep. That's... That's your but first time. But now I'm 30. I'm rocking the... Being 30 is cool, I am man. rocking the shit So you know what? This Screw 30. this 27 uh, cultures of men who all said that women who were 24 were the most attractive. And it, it was, it was you know, one of those random studies where it's like they showed them a bunch of pictures and mm-hmm. they asked who's the most attractive one and almost every single one picked the women in the fucking 24-year age. You know, women age like fine wine. Oh, my God. Actually, I am we, absolutely. Uh, speaking of fine wine, I don't oh know. Oh, your God. I got another. Wine. I know. Um, I got another. Bo- it, boxed wine is cheaper at H-E-B. 
Okay. Like, it's, no, it's no way more. cheaper. And I'm very upset that I didn't know about this sooner. I got the Buddha <laughs> box, and it's it said it was dark and jammy. I don't know what that means. It doesn't have any because I was too tired to have a glass of wine last night. That's how you know you're really tired. I know. Like, well, I did pour myself a glass of wine and I drank half of it. And I was really upset that I couldn't drink the rest of it because I was just like, you know what? I deserve it. After my mom told me that I needed to go take a nap because I was being too judgmental and cranky because I had said that. Go take a nap, you 30 year old baby. (laughs) Time. Yes. My mom still does that with me too. Like, you probably need to rest. You're being a bitch. Sometimes you just need to be told. True. You need to take a nap and you need to eat something. But, anyways. (laughs) I digress. Go on. All right. So Lay some more knowledge on me. Beauty ideals may range um, based uh, on different cultures. However, there are certain things that are pretty much universally uh, perceived as beautiful in women, and that is uh, high cheekbones, large eyes, small lips, and toned skin, and um, did I say lips? Small chin, even toned skin, and plump lips. So basically what you're telling me is I need to look like Snow White. Basically. I'm basically like all I need to do is make my chin smaller, my nose smaller, my lips bigger. I need to clear up this like discoloration on my skin, and my husband will love me. Um, uh, I can talk to animals. I mean, they don't talk back, and they don't do anything except for they don't clean, they destroy things. But I can talk to animals. That wasn't in the book, as being a. Pr- that's not. I mean, but you, you just said I had to be, like Snow White. Is, okay, is what you were. So you're being Snow White. Yeah, I see, I see. You're definitely. taking, I mean, they didn't talk about her personality. I can, I can sleep for fucking years. You kind of have snow white hair right now. Like, I do, Like, in that it's you. dark and, like, a little bob. And it's kind of, just. I haven't showered. Just, like, don't go in the sun ever. Get real pale. Because that's the really weird thing about all of this is that women, um, so it's weird that we like a tan. Um, and I'll get into why we like the appearance of a tan on a person. And it has to do with um, just, like, how, uh, you know what, I feel better when I have a little bit of sun-kissed skin. I mean, I think it's the vitamin D. I feel better it, when yeah. I'm out in the sun. I When I don't get to leave the house and it's too hot because Satan's asshole is like 110 degrees during the summertime <laughs> and you can't do anything because it's a drought or whatever. <laughs> like, I just feel not good about myself. Well, there's a reason why we like the way we look better with a tan and, and perceive people with tans. <sighs> to be um, more attractive. And it has to do with just, like, what our skin does um, when it's tanned. It plumps up and it makes you look younger, basically. Obviously, too much tanning does the exact opposite. But on the flip side of that, <coughs> women having lighter skin than men is a um, another evolutionary thing. It has to do with um, our ability to absorb vitamin D, like we were just talking about, and the more vitamin D we have, the stronger bones we have, the stronger everything, and the more likely we are to have healthy children. So light, even-toned skin. And I don't think that they mean light as in white or pale. They mean clear. So when a woman's face, we like our face darkens with pregnancy. That's something that like I've had like really bad since both pregnancies is that my skin on my face has gotten darker than the rest of the skin on my body, which is a subconscious sign to men that I am no longer young and fertile. So <laughs> thank God I, mean, I already trapped a dude. I think the beginning of my pregnancy, there was nothing like I went from looking like I had 17 beers and five burrito bowls to, <laughs> to smuggling beach balls. I mean, Beach ball smuggler, and yes. I had that really bad, like linea, whatever, Linea Nigra, or Nate that, Nigra. and it 
I think I still I still have it. A yeah, little it's bit. normal. I had mine for like a well after it a year. It was so it was so dark, and then mm-hmm. it was just golly. So another thing that you know, since us women age like a fine wine, you know, uh, one of the uh, things that that tells men that we are young and fertile is our small chins. You know, like the inver- basically our faces being an inverted triangle. Higher cheekbones going down to a smaller chin is a youthful uh, you signal to the hair brain. On your chin, asking for a friend. You count? should get rid of that because it makes your jaw appear broader, which is something that happens to us with age. All of all. I was totally kidding. I didn't even think that you had uh, an answer for that. Oh, I do. Men. So men you having. You know yeah. so much. Well, I read a book. <laughs> I read one book. So I know what's in this book. I know nothing else about fuck off anything. But I did read this book and I'm just going to keep telling you what's in it so you can tell me I'm smart. Uh, you are super okay. smart. So let's talk about women's eyes. All right. So um, blue eyes. Um, I think brown eyes are absolutely gorgeous, by the way. And hazel eyes and all that. You have blue eyes, right? We no, both, they're green. Wh- okay. I'm sorry. And uh. Lennon has like hazel eyes. Zach has hazel eyes. And Baxley has brown eyes. Okay. I have like light green. Sometimes so, they turn blue. So over. Light refra- refraction. <laughs> That's the right word? Refraction. Statistically, men find blue eyes more attractive. And the reason why is because our pupils are a, they give away signs of arousal and attraction. I, I read that. Right? Did I write, did I read that in the book? You probably I, did because okay. that was the first couple chapters. Okay. So basically, um, men, if you want to know oh, if a woman fuck. is interested in you. Sorry. Here's a little life hack. Watch her eyes. Um, if her pupils um, dilate, she's probably into you. So women can basically hack this to their own advantage by opening their eyes wide and making eye contact with men because sub- this is all subconscious a man won't even realize that it's happening <coughs> what if you want to make someone feel awkward and you just want to like stare at them awkwardly well that's something the book said too is that if you stare at somebody too long it has the opposite effect you're terrifying them you know i read this this study about how to make someone fall in love with you in one date <coughs> And that had something to do with it. I don't remember yeah. what it was. It was a, a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. But I just found it fascinating because there were certain things that you could do. I mean, obviously, I did all of this with Zach, and that's how I ended up. That's how you, you know, trap them. Exactly. We could write a whole episode about just trapping a man. Yeah. Because somehow we convinced two regular people to marry us. I know, and it's so... So weird, man. It's real weird when you think about it. Super, super normal, nice, like... Yep. Put up with our weirdness. Yeah. Matt's super symmetrical, too, so, I mean, he fell in love with my broke-ass face. I can't... I don't necessarily... I mean, Zach... We're gonna... Now that we're talking about this, I'm going to analyze them. Okay. So, um, blue eyes, the reason that people uh, subconsciously find blue eyes or just light eyes attractive is because you're more likely to notice that dilation of the pupil. Um, Disney cartoon animators all use this, uh, to their advantage. I'm going to cough again. Um, (laughs) Disney makes, um, Disney princesses have really big eyes, big pupils because it just makes them look more feminine, more attractive, more attracted, and it all plays up on our stupid brains and how they work. Um, the next thing that's really um, an indicator of uh, beauty in a woman is our lips, um, as evidenced by all of the fucking lip fillers in every goddamn Instagram model on the internet. And, like, I'm saying this to somebody is, who would love to get lip filters, fillers. Fillers. Fillers, fillers are not filters. Lip fillers, yeah. I was going to say, I've yet to see Filters are filter. also there. Like the filter, the Snapchat filter that makes you have the really big mouth. Yes. But your lips aren't big. 
I mean, just your mouth. Just your yeah, mouth. Yeah, no. There's no, like, <laughs> Kylie Jenner lip, imp- imp- like, plumping filter that I'm aware of. But if it's out there, I'm going to use it on every single one of my pictures until you guys don't even know what the fuck I look like anymore. I feel like that's just so much work to do all that. So, I mean, I guess I should say, for those of you who do not know what I look like, I don't wear a lot of makeup. Um, you have a very, um, good, you have good skin. I so you don't really need it. I'm just really lazy. Okay, what that's another. Just say it's because you have good skin. It. I have good skin. Good skin. Um, I have not good skin. But that palette that I bought for my birthday. Yep. That, yep. Um, I've used it twice. All right. So um, I might just take that home with me then. Uh, you absolutely will not. I will use <laughs> I'm it. I'm stealing a third it. Time I'm gonna use it when next go year to the on Christmas my birthday. Party. <laughs> oh yeah, Christmas parties. Yeah. You want to know why lips are such a fertility signal to men? It's pretty gross. Because I feel like I know where this. You is know going, where this is do going. It anyways, turn your mouth to the side. It looks like a vajayjay. Lips. Weird. I know it's kind of uh, gross, but um. When I we're say aroused, dirty, but I can't like think when, of any jokes right now. My brain has when like female primates are like fertile, their vaginas get real like puffy. I think that's every yes, female including in females. So um, the plumpness of the lips downstairs mimic or are mimicked <laughs> by the plumpness of the lips on our face, and it's just fucking gross. And once again, our brains suck. Um. Well, I saw it. It's all about I, fertility, baby. It's all I about procreation. I learned a procreation. lot about this reading books about trying to make babies because <laughs> apparently if you can't, if your body doesn't work properly, mm-hmm. you have to read books. And so when I was in high school, I was just basically told, what's that, what, what's that movie, Don't Have Sex, You'll Get Pregnant and Die? Mean um, Girls. Yeah. Which so, yesterday was Mean Girls. Day, I did. I saw that. But so um, that's basically like I thought that you could just have sex anytime and get pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wasn't until we were trying to have babies and it wasn't working that I started doing research. So I learned a lot of this stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's bananas. Mean, yeah. And you have to think we're like one of the – we are the only species of – I mean like we – Oh, I should. I, I keep getting ahead of myself, but like the fact that we um, obviously don't walk around with our vajays out for the world to see, that's why our body apparently shows other signs really? that we are ovulating. So our lips get more plump when we're ovulating. Um, our skin looks better. We smell better, which I'm going to get into in a little bit because smell is huge when it comes to attraction. Like it's one of the biggest things. Um, the next big thing is our waist to hip ratio. And this is where we're all fucked. Because oh. most people don't have an hourglass figure. More important than weight, which uh, thin being hot and attractive is more of a female thing. Um, like we like, we think that men want thin women more than women want thin women. More than a woman being thin, a man likes, whether they realize it or not, a small waist with large hips. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have a 24 inch waist and, you know, 35 inch hips. It means that your waist is smaller than your hips. Um, so the ideal ratio being between 0.65 and 0.75 with an hourglass being 0.7. So it's more important than being thin to men because it draws attention to dat booty and damn boobies, also mm-hmm. fat storages, storage areas related to fertility. So I, once again, men are just judging us on our ability to have babies. I actually had a crush on a guy before I met Zach and he told me that he wasn't attracted to me because I looked like I couldn't safely carry a baby. He flat what out told me that. He said, you look like you couldn't safely carry a baby and if you were to fall, you would like crush it on your insides. Jesus and I was just like, Christ. 
probably one of the shittiest things I've ever heard said yeah, me, I've heard but I still ones. like you. I've heard some bad ones, too, when yeah. I was really skinny. Um, it's all pretty fucked up. Oh, uh, men are more attractive to heavier women when they are hungry or poor. I'm always hungry. <coughs> I'm so sorry about the coughing, y'all. A study done at New York University and Stanford, over 1,000 undergraduate men and women were surveyed about how much money they had in their pockets and bank accounts and then asked questions about how much uh, or about their ideal mate and body weight. The researchers learned that the less financially well-off men preferred the heavier females. An even more interesting finding was that hungry undergraduate male polled on the way to the dining hall also preferred a heavier female when compared to the preferences of satiated males no. leaving <clears throat> the dining hall. So basically, men can base their preferences off of minute-to-minute feelings of hunger and their financial status. So women are shallow, but men are fickle, is what this whole book is about. <laughs> women are shallow, have, men are do fickle. Do you think that we have evolved past some of this stuff? Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's one thing he talks about is, like, a lot of this will, is embedded in us, but, like, our culture and yeah. religion and just, like, everything has made us f- basically change. So this is all there, but, I mean, the facts are still there. Even these, like, you're just polling random people for some reason mm-hmm. are, for men, it's a minute-to-minute thing. I need to stop playing with this hanger because I keep getting my fucking fingers stuck in it. <laughs> Jesus. If Rachel screams, it's because she pinched herself with a hanger. I'm putting it away. So let's talk about alpha males. Um... There are certain features that you'll see in a man who is an alpha male. Um, and obviously, this is just the physical the physical feature part. Because mm-hmm. a man can be um, considered powerful thanks to financial resources and power in this day and age. It's not all about their ability to, as you say, outrun a saber-toothed tiger and hunt down. I think I said saber-toothed longhorn tiger. You're just tired. I'm so tired right now. Do I look it? I feel like I look it. You, I mean, a little bit, but I know I look tired too. Um, so anyway, it says that um, uh, a woman is evolutionary driven to protect herself and her offspring right to the promised resources of an alpha male. Yet to the highly resourceful and successful alpha male, there is a biological urge driven by evolutionary forces to continue to procreate and it will be difficult to dissuade him. So women want an alpha male because it's he's the most likely to protect us and take care of our offspring. However, an alpha male is driven to spread his seed. And this is just like nitty gritty fucking facts. And like you said, like our our human nature has changed to the point where we we don't just go around like cheating on our spouses and blaming it on human na- well that's not true a lot of people do <laughs> a lot of fucking people do um <coughs> Um, alpha males are more likely to have a strong gen- uh, strong chin, nose, and brow. And this comes down to uh, ancient times because they act as face guards when they were in fights. It protects their eyes. And, yeah, no fucking joke. It all comes down to fighting saber-toothed tigers. <laughs> they tend to be more successful because they expect better, fe- better treatment following years of receiving positive feedback, which leads to more self-confidence and, therefore, more success. Um, And at West Point, a long-range study revealed that freshman cadets with more dominant features defined as broad chins were more likely to achieve higher rank in the military. They tend to have stronger hands and longer ring fingers, which are both signs of more testosterone. And this was something I did at the gym the other day with the other guys. I was like, show me your hands. And when I told them why, they were all very, very insecure. Like, the ones who had, like, equal. But but women don't get too fucking comfortable. (laughs) 
because uh, <laughs> I apparently have man fingers because women, the higher our estrogen levels are, the longer your ring, your index finger will be. Whereas men, it's the ring finger. So here I am thinking about our fucking middle finger. Like this is, I was just thinking your middle finger and I'm like, well, my middle finger is really long. <laughs> so wait, my middle <laughs> finger is the longest of all my fingers. It sticks out the longest. I was thinking that I have high testosterone because my male finger. No, no, no. So high testosterone in a male is signified by a long ring finger. So if you look at a man's hand and his ring finger is longer than his index finger, that just that's just a signal for for testosterone. That's all it means. So what if our what if so our with women are. See, my ring finger and my index finger are, like, the same length, whereas technically. Uh, mine are definitely not. And also, say, my pointer fingers are fucking crooked. You know what, Rachel? This book's bullshit. <laughs> it's a fucking lie. Scrap it. Basically, Rachel and I are just a bunch of manly women just talking okay. about dudes. Okay. Um, so here's a, a jaw for the men with, or a, I'm sorry, a hack for men with a weak jaw. Why do men look so much better with facial hair, Rachel? Why do they come off as more manly? It's because it creates the illusion of a stronger jaw, which signifies testosterone, which tells us they are an alpha male so science is so fucking weird it is like Mm -hmm. also the bigger the smile the less trustworthy someone is perceived and the less likely they were to achieve a higher rank in the military yeah so don't be as super smiley all right bruh dude very smiley no matt's not very smiley i don't think zach is zach he gets really excited when he talks about music or t-shirts. That's because he's really good at mm-hmm. playing the guitar. He's actually a super talented and like when the he's baby He's going to come up with a jingle for us. Yeah, at some point when he has mm-hmm. time when he's not wrangling babies. <laughs> when... So, speaking of your stuff. husband, he's tall, right? Very tall. Taller men tend to be paid a higher salary. They are thought to be more athletic, physically fit and have a higher professional status. The reason oh, and women also prefer taller sperm donors. The reason why our ancestors, um, it's all about evolution again, they benefited from being tall in a hunting scenario. They could see further away and over others. So basically, (laughs) women don't (laughs) feel bad if you don't have big eyes, plump lips, and a small nose because apparently there's a lot of things that can be wrong with men too. (laughs) That's fucked up. Um, Okay, so here's where it gets like really this is this all comes back to like the whole ovulation and how our preferences and our mate might change based on where we are in our menstrual menstrual cycle. Both men and women are wired for short and long-term mating strategies that work on a subconscious level and are driven by biological desires. Short-term, so when we're ovulating, women want a physically dominating male, and this is why women are more likely to want an alpha male during their fertile period. Long-term, we want a loyal man who's likely to stay close and help us raise our offspring. So if you're on birth control pills, which technically trick the body into thinking it's pregnant, you are not going to ovulate. Um, You won't... You will literally have a different taste in men than if you were not on birth control. And that's basically because when you um, when you go through that cycle of ovulation, you literally are dr- like biologically driven to look for that manly man with the good symmetry and the alpha male features. And when you're not ovulating, you're looking for the more effeminate man. And I don't want to say effeminate because obviously like I, I – just the more loyal guy, the guy who's going to make a better quote unquote husband mm-hmm. or provider. Um, this is why women are more likely to have affairs and sexual fantasies about dominant appearing men when they are in the fertile period of their cycle, and why dominant, highly symmetrical men are more likely to have more sexual encounters. The subconscious urges of the female body and mind know when the time is right for an encounter with the powerful genes and sperm of a strong, genetically well endowed male. 
So here's genetically well endowed. Yes, not genetically, because apparently and good genetics. Yeah, good genes. if we're gonna talk about, I'll talk wear. about dicks next because that was in the book too. <laughs> um, the the man a woman desires at her sexual peak is not necessarily the same kind that she seeks for a monogamous relationship. When we're looking for a good long term uh, mate, we're looking for intelligence, social status, and less masculine appearance. Our men's testosterone actually drops when they are married. Um, men with lower testosterone are less likely to get sick, enter risky behavior, and it leads to better survival chances, which makes them a better provider, which is why we're drawn to them when it's time to raise the babies. Um, but men with higher testosterone tend to die an earlier death and are more likely to cheat. Um the reason why women prefer me- older men all comes down to the resource factor. We view older men as having more resources, therefore better able to provide for us an offspring. And um, men will show off uh, their wealth to call attention to them, but it will also backfire if they showboat too much. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Really sad redheaded males are less attractive to most women. And I have a few friends married to adorable gingers who would really get annoyed with that. But this is, once again, this is all averages it's all statistics it's not every single person yeah um too much testosterone is off-putting and can elicit fear goes back to that fear factor um and excess testosterone is often found in criminals but it is not indicative of criminal behavior so just because you have a lot of testosterone does not mean you're going to commit a crime it just means that a lot most of the people who are criminals men who are criminals are shown to have excess testosterone. So risky behavior, more aggressive, all these things. All right, dick talk. That's literally what I wrote on the paper. I, um, I've yeah. been sitting here thinking about Olive Garden for the past, like, five minutes. I'm sorry. I'm Price listening. Six? What made you think of Olive Garden? Somebody posted something about it on Facebook. Go to Olive Garden tonight, man. <laughs> Dude, that sounds delicious I'm right so now. Their, their mushroom time. ravioli is life. No, I don't eat mushrooms. So it says only 55% of men are satisfied with the size of their penis. Um, they tend to be happier with their life overall when they are happy with their penis. And um, Masters and Johnson um, concluded <laughs> what? that I know, right? <laughs> they had the perfect they had the perfect names for their jobs. Size actually does not matter as much to female satisfaction. It's not the size of the boat; it's the motion of the ocean. But also, you can't sail the ocean in a little dinghy. Boom. So that's that's basically what this all says too is that we we it needs to be a pretty much a certain size. All goes better. back down to fucking micro penises. I'm telling you, we're back to episode one. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> micro episode one we talked about. Micro-penises. That was the first one. Yeah. Uh, sure. Women basically we like it to be a certain size, but too large is also off putting. So don't worry about being freakishly large. Um, in modern times. Getting back to what you were asking about us adapting and mm-hmm. moving away from these um, urges and these instincts, um, more important than being physically strong in the modern age is actually political, social, and financial prowess. So power. Less endowed men. So if you aren't tall and masculine and strong, you know, all these things, you can basically make up for it with power, success, and it's all linked to us finding a resourceful mate. Women now prefer attractive or even unattractive men with lucrative occupations to attractive men with lower status professions. And I think that all comes down to, in the world we live in today, being strong isn't necessarily what's going to keep your family comfortable. It comes down to, like, what can we provide yeah. for our family? And so that, I think that's just a sign of the time. That's, that, that's how we've adapted. If you, mm-hmm. Like, our cave women homies were trying to, like, protect themselves against saber-toothed tigers. <laughs> like, find the meat. Kill it. Eat it. 
stay alive. So yeah, having like a big brawny dude was super important. But nowadays, it's more important that you can pay the electric bill. It absolutely is important to yeah. pay the electric bill. And if you think this sounds really like anti-feminist, I mean, I'm I'm not saying that this has like this this is like these are just this is just science in our brains like i'm not saying that like you should be looking for a man who makes lots of money because um as all of us know lots of women work and have their own money and are equal breadwinners to their husbands and then there's people who you know this just all comes down to what our bodies and our brain are telling us to do and how it affects who we're attracted to that's all i'm saying um the opposite goes for men, though. Women are so attracted to power. Men actually don't give as much of a shit about power. So, unfortunately, women, I mean, it is attractive. I mean, that a woman has her shit together, of course. Yeah. But it's less attractive to men, once again, than signs of fertility, such as a small waist-to-hip ratio or a large waist-to-hip ratio. Um, big eyes, big lips, all these fertility signals. Because, ultimately, men are trying to procreate. When was this book written? I think 2013. So relatively. Well, oh yeah, it's not like a super old book. Um, I just, I just wonder. Means. So I read another article the other day about one of the. Oh God, is it the male, the X chromosome? Let me, let me go Google it. Really okay, while you're doing that. Um. Um. Well, so one of the male chromosomes is, um, is is bending oh it's the y i think mm-hmm. um it's it's bending and it's not um uh and i don't the um this this it's disappearing is is what um is what's happening it's, nice. it's bending and it's it's disappearing and it's um it says, where is this? This is on the conversation. The last paragraph of this chapter was pretty, like, I'll just read it to you. It says, while dis- discomforting to hear, while bleh, with both men and women programmed for genetic immortality, so we're trying to live on through our descendants, it's not easy to conform to the moral and civil expectations of our times. In nature designs gen- genetically successful oh, women... So genetically successful, meaning fertile, uh, to seek out a certain kind of man when she's most fertile, yet desire another type when she's not. And well-endowed men, genetically, are driven by a powerful drive to spread their seed as far and wide as possible as long as they can provide. Nature has its reasons, but but it almost seems cruel. A review of more than 40 years of research on infidelity reveals that the likelihood of cheating during the course of a marriage runs from 30 to 60% for men and 20 to 50% for women. Once we know the underlying and awkwardly natural sources of this behavior, we may have better insight into each other and how to prevent it. We're going to do an entire episode on infidelity because... That book, Sex at Dawn, is absolutely, like, just some of the most fascinating stuff I've ever read. Because, I mean... I also bought that book and haven't read it. It's (laughs) fantastic. I mean, as somebody who's in, like, a monogamous relationship, I find this stuff... Like, I'm I'm fascinated by it, even though it's not... I mean, the book's not like a, it's basically just looking at it from a scientific perspective, which is what I think enough, like most people don't do. We come from a moral perspective. Science. Science-y. Um, so before we leave, because we're, we're at an hour, I'm just going to finish up with the, the smell part. So this is um pretty big deal. 
Uh, everybody has their own major histocompatibility complex, MHC. It's a set of co- genes that code for proteins that are individual to each person and embedded in every cell, cell of the body. Um, pheromones, obviously, are what project this. Uh, it allows our immune system to tell if a cell is our own or different. Tw- twins have the, sem- the same MCH. Relatives have similar MCH. Really? Right? So, even though, I mean, with my twins, would they have the same? Because they're fraternal and yeah. not identical? I believe so, yeah. I mean, and they're brother and sister, so they're likely to have it very close regardless. Hmm. Um, so, somebody with a distinct herogenous... No, I didn't say that right. Com- it has a complex. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to butcher the word anymore. Basically, people, people are going to be like, these DBs. We already said we were experts on nothing, all right? There was a disclaimer. Absolutely. <laughs> a Curious complex mix of codes, everything. more it makes you more genetically fixed. So the more diverse your MC or MHC is, the more genetically fit you are, the more likely you are to handle various environmental stressors. So all of these things like facial symmetry, the waist to hips ratio, good skin, hair, eyes, all of us all are a sign of a good complex code. Huh. And that's why in like all these t-shirt studies that we were reading about, like there were a bunch of men who were given a bunch of t-shirts that different women were wearing. They all were attracted to the more, to the woman, they all... The shirt that smelt best to them came with the woman who happened to have the most complex MHC code. Her pheromones smelled better to everybody. Um, birth control actually inhibits this because it makes you think you're pregnant. Um, it yes. makes it harder for us to um, – less attractive women become more <clears throat> appealing while ovulating due to the couple – the due to the things secreted from her – the pheromones. Vijay's the, putting off some pheromones, the right? Pheromones. Yeah. This is why men you know, sometimes cheat on women who are less attractive than their partner because the so, woman was ovulating and he she basically smelled better, whether he realized it or not. That one movie with um John Krasinski and Maya Rudolph at the very beginning of the movie. What um, movie is that? It's Away We Go. I haven't seen that, but I'm going to watch it now because John I Krasinski. I, I love John Krasinski. Yeah. Um, I watched the beginning part because uh, I probably got distracted or something. But And this is super, well, I mean, it's not any more inappropriate than talking about a man and a dolphin. Um, but he Nothing is. Nothing is worse than that. I know. We can talk about anything now. So bad. Um, but he is going downtown and he goes, you smell different. She's like, what? And then he finds out, like, in the next scene they find out she's pregnant. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, and ha- seeing that portrayed in uh, a movie, and that definitely like all those things alter different stuff. And yeah, things. birth control really messes with stuff. It um, does. that's one of the reasons why I really, I really don't. Like it makes me so ragey. So like, I was on it before before Zach and I started trying. Well, I mean, we were trying to have babies, but <clears throat> I had to have what's called an HSG. Um, and they go and they put a dye and a balloon and everything. So they put me on birth control pills so I didn't get pregnant because if I did get pregnant, it would have killed, um, you know, uh, stopped the pregnancy. So anyways, um, so I'm usually a pretty calm, cool and collected person. Like I really, I really am. Yeah. And I asked Zach, I said, Hey, will you come upstairs and help me fold the laundry? And he said, yeah, absolutely. I will be there in two minutes. 
Do you know how ragey I got? I was so mad. I was like, I'm going to kill this it's guy. It's been three minutes. I cannot believe him. And then he, I started crying because I was so mad. He yeah. comes upstairs and I was like, I don't even want to talk about this right now because I know how irrational I'm being. Yeah, but you're I aware of it. can't stop yeah. it. Like I said, you would said you would help me. Here you are. Yep. You said a couple minutes and you didn't come it's right away four upstairs. Minutes. And I yeah. just lost it. So I, I mean, I just. Birth no fucking fair. joke, dude. It is no it's joke. When you mess fair. with those hormones, it 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 fucks you up. I mean, but I mean, hey, it helps, it's like it helps some people. But it does. That's true. It can go the other mm-hmm. way for people. It can make their periods better and all those things. It just um, makes me really want to eat. <laughs> I just want eat all food. No. Oh, he, do you want to know why human? They say that humans possibly hide ovulation. Um, we make it more subtle because it keeps men around all month long rather than just when we're ovulating. Because sex is an option all month if they don't know when you're ovulating, if they're not just looking for a chance to procreate. Um, this is so weird. I wonder how this pertains to animals. I don't know. I'm sure it's, I mean, they've got their own weird shit. Uh, our sense of smell is stronger that during our fertile period um, because we're basically trying to find a symmetrical man with a complex MHC to impregnate us. Um the, when you're ovulating, you also look for men whose MH or M is it MCH? I've been saying MHC. It's MCH. I wrote it wrong on one bullet, <laughs> and I've been saying it wrong. MCH. That's different from her own. Similar MCH results in greater chances of infertility, miscarriage, and even less successful marriages. Women are less likely to be sexually satisfied, whereas men were no more likely to cheat when their wife had or had a similar MCH. Whereas women were more likely to cheat with a husband who had a uh, more similar MCH to her own. Too different is also not appealing, so it can swing the other way. Women can tell what how complex the man's MCH code is by their scent alone. And <clears throat> perfume, deodorant, all these things that we put on can actually mask it and make it harder for us to find the ideal mate. Um, and there was something I wanted to read on page 79. Uh, yeah, it was the T-shirt one. Basically, um, Women did a similar thing to the men as the men. It's T-shirt. They smelled a bunch of T-shirts. The one that they found the most appealing to them smell-wise turned out to be from a man with the more different MCH than herself. So, yeah. Fucking science, It's wild. And so, like, the last thing I'll talk about is, like, okay, so what does smell good? All right? All right, ladies. You want to catch you a man? You want to trap you Mm -hmm. an alpha male for optimum genes? Wear stuff that smells like grapefruit. Oh, yeah, and you told me that somebody thinks that black licorice smells good, too. Yeah, yeah, good and plenty candies, which which is gross. And my dad eats them, so I could never associate them with that stuff. But I just think they taste like asshole. They are disgusting. If you eat licorice, we need to talk. I want to know why. You know, for the longest time, I was getting Facebook ads for black licorice, which is crazy. Because A, I hate it. B, I hate it. And C, it tastes like shit. It tastes like. And also, I don't like anything that tastes like black licorice. So Italian sausage with the fennel. I will oh, spit the, fennel the fucking fennel seeds out. I will. Bleh, I hate it's it. It's just too much like licorice. It is. I, I know what to get you for your birthday. Anything yeah. but fucking licorice. You give me red vines. I'm a red vines person. Okay, so we're good I'm with the not red a Twizzlers licorice. person. Twizzlers are tasty. You're like being very high plastic. maintenance right now. I'm, you know Very what? high maintenance. I can be high maintenance occasionally because I'm sitting here in my yoga pants and my <laughs> unwashed hair. I just want this kind of licorice. Uh, yeah. grapefruit is so attractive to men on a subconscious level that the smell alone can increase blood flow to the penis by 25%. Yeah. 
what? Really? Yeah, girls. Go trap you a man. I'm just Put kidding. Grapefruit Don't do in that. your bra. Grapefruit. Yeah, just like just kidding. smother yourself in grapefruit every morning. But also add some sugar because it's kind of tart. I also, like if you take antidepressants, it. don't eat grapefruit because it yeah. actually interferes with the absorption. Um, cinnamon also is a turn on to men as well as floral scents such as lavender. So basically what I'm saying, life hack, roll around in a concoction of grapefruit juice, lavender, and cinnamon. Don't get it in your eyes because it'll burn. And then just like walk around being yourself, girl. And, and like don't you'll find do that the dude. cinnamon challenge. Don't do that because that literally, do that'll do, do the opposite. Challenges? No one will want to date you. I don't get it. I don't know, man. I feel like our, our generation was very safe to get out of, of, get out of childhood before that took over zach always asks me questions and i'm just like i stopped paying attention <laughs> like i just i mean not to him but just to yeah. the, you know the, yeah. these things yeah. stop paying attention mm-hmm. because life right. is too short life is too short Pay so, attention to people who are eating spoonfuls <laughs> of fucking cinnamon. Oh, it sounds How horrible. How many years ago was that? That was, that was a while ago. Right? Yeah, so like, it was a while ago. But it was stupid. It's not it as bad stupid. as the Tide Pods, though. Yeah. I have learned so much today. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to acknowledge you one more time, all right? Now, look, Rachel, <laughs> we, we've already trapped our men. I'm just going to say trapped our men because I just love that shit. Because uh, <laughs> that's what my husband says I did to him. And so I'm going to turn that around and make it my own, all right? He can't yeah. use it as a weapon anymore. It's my word. Women, men are, or men, I'm sorry, men, women are subconsciously attracted to scents like pumpkin pie, cucumber, good and plenty candy, unless your daddy did a bunch like mine does because that's disgusting, and then banana nut bread. We had banana, well, my mom and the kids had banana nut bread yesterday. I didn't have any because I was trying to, I'm trying to like eat better. Yeah. And then I came home. And you can make like a clean banana nut bread. But, like, if Zach makes it for you and then rubs it all over his body, he's like... going to get laid, according to this book. It's science. <laughs> you got crumbs in the bed. All right. Yeah, I know. That's, like, an ultimate turn off. Like, yeah. crumbs in the bed. Like, Matt eats popcorn in the bed sometimes. No! I, I will, like, I watch him very closely. Yeah. I'm like, if there's one fucking piece of popcorn in that bed, we're, we this is done. We're bedroom. done. I'll never speak to you again. Ever. I... I... We were going to sleep the other night, and I was super tired, and I heard a fly buzzing around, and it kept flying over my fucking face. So I should have went Rambo on it. I grabbed an old pillowcase that was dirty on the floor. Mm-hmm. I turned the fan off, and so I was like, why are you turning the fan off? I was like, I'm going to kill this motherfucking fly, and I can't hear where it's buzzing over the fan. Who needs an alpha male when you have a pillowcase and you can kill flies oh, I by your fucking self? So it, it landed uh, on the wall above our bed, and I smacked it, and then it landed in our bed. And after I picked it up, I said... You can sleep safely tonight. Times have changed. He was just like, we have alpha females now. (laughs) He's like, thank you, babe. You rescued me from the fly. I just couldn't sleep knowing that there was a fly that could be walking over my face. Like, spiders, fine, whatever. Flies are disgusting and dirty. And they're, because it isn't raining as much anymore. The mosquitoes aren't letting themselves in through the doggy door. The fucking flies are taking their turn. Life is, life is, well, I was going to say life is good, but then you said flies. At least flies don't bite you. Uh, they just roll around and shit. Yeah. Um, I accidentally left a bag of cheese open on the counter and I no. came in, I know, and yeah. it had a fucking fly in it. And I was just like, you Trash. know what? So I, I sealed it and I threw it away with the fly in there. And I was like, if you deserve you this. you had chickens, you could have given it to them. Waste not, want not, bop, bop. 
snakes out there. There's no chickens. Snake. Oh, the other night I fell asleep um, pretty early, and then at 10.15, the doorbell rang, and it freaked me the fuck <gasps> out. Because I thought Ew, it. fucking. Well, no, it was it was actually my very sweet neighbor's son. Oh. And it was like, okay. he was like, ma'am. I'm so sorry, but one of your chickens is on our back porch, and I don't know if it's hurt or not because it's not moving. And I'm like, "What time is it?" He's like, "10:15." I was like, "Holy shit, I'm old." <laughs> I thought I'd been asleep for like at least four hours. Like it, it, it felt much later. So I get up and I go over there, and this is when I couldn't breathe from the cold. And I was like, "I'm alright, but like, can I? Let me she? Okay, I got her." And um. Yeah, I don't know why we got on that subject, but anyway. Chickens. Chickens. Um, fucking chickens, dude. I went to bed at 8.30 They're the night before annoying. last. Like, I was in bed, and I was like, oh, my God, it's so late. Ugh. And then uh, someone texted me at 8.45, but I didn't get the message till the next morning because I was out by literally 8. Bed at 8.27, out by 8. That's good. 34. The more sleep so. you get, the better. That's my, that's my motto. I and, agree. like, every doctor's motto. So it I must agree. be right. So there's so much more to talk about, but we'll save it for the next episode because then it starts to get into, um, it gets a lot more into like love and marriage. I like talking about love and marriage and Me stuff. too, so much. Ugh. It's so fascinating. It um, really is. And we'll definitely get into that way more next week. So, I mean, I hope everyone learned a little bit about just like our stupid cave people brains and what we're looking for on a subconscious level. Um, I should probably add because we're all like, oh my God, how do, how do people who aren't symmetrical or tall or rich or fertile or any of these things, basically our none pers- of those things. <laughs> our perception of ourselves affects what we find attractive. So if we rate... Uh, if we see ourselves as a five, we're going to find fives attractive. If we see ourselves as an eight, we're going to think we deserve an eight, even if we're not actually an eight. Like and that happens six. a lot with men. Look <laughs> 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 at myself, 6.25. <laughs> I, I thought that was really interesting, though. Like, men are much more likely to view themselves as more attractive than they are, which then leads them to think they deserve a more attractive woman. You know what? Oh, my God. So, do you – I know that we're wrapping this up, but do you watch Catfish? I used to, yeah. I mean, I know oh my the premise. God. Oh, my God. So there was this episode in... Stop catfishing people. I know a guy who's been catfished like six times. Okay. Well, he needs to stay off the fucking well, internet. He knows. I he mean, he has a internet. lovely girlfriend now, but like... Good. But at some point in his life, he was getting catfished. And That's he crazy. listens to this podcast, so you know who you are. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> stay um, off the fucking internet and just worship that girlfriend you have, because she's yeah. beautiful. Uh, 90 so Day sweet. Fiance. That's what I've been watching a lot of. That's a fire if I've ever seen I'm gonna. That's going to be my homework this week, is I'm going to watch 90 Day Fiance, because I want to know what this is all about. Speaking of uh, homework and research, I did watch... Battle Creek, which was part of my Bill Skarsgård research. Oh, that's right. Dude, that was a depressing movie. He's absolutely adorable, but I don't know that it was worth it just to see how adorable he was. Like, it was, it was sad. Every time you say Battle Creek, I keep thinking about the failed TV show with the, I'm sorry. the mayhem guy. Mayhem. Yeah, I did watch um, his brother in Hold the Dark last night, which had my other favorite actor in it, James Badge Dale. If so, I'm not watching 90 Day Fiance, I'm watching The Wiggles or Little Baby Bum. So You have a very diverse lineup there. Yeah, I know. Things are good. When we, were at, when we were working at the gym the other day, the guys started talking about celebrity exceptions, and we said that we should do an entire episode on celebrity exceptions. You know what? Those guys are super smart. Maybe they we are. should uh, 
But then, wait, but oh, then we our, forgot. our advice giver, I, still I was going to say, say we, that, yeah. we didn't go over the advice that was, we're supposed to be the ones giving advice. Yeah. Yeah, we're getting little tidbits. From an anonymous source. <laughs> anonymous to y'all, we know damn well who it is. <laughs> so good. But you know what? Actually, I feel like his advice this week was very, very um good. And I'm, I'm just going to go straight into it. Live your life like you're the third monkey trying to get on the ark. Oh, he's too much. He I is too much. Can't. And I think one time we're going to have to interview him. Because I think that he has some knowledge to We drop. were watching The Good Place last night, and um, there was this scene, and this guy was like, yeah, I love frogs. Like, what of it? And it reminded me of this person, and I said, that's exactly like him. And so then after we started, like, dissecting that small scene, everybody was just incoherent. That's not the word I'm looking for. Words evade us see i can't even think of a word to describe the words being out out my brain is fried right now like i can't even i was trying to say something to my mom last night and um i just was a mumbo jumbo and she said articulate and I said, that's the word I was looking for. Like, no, she's like, no, that's what you need to do, bitch. Yeah, I need to, to you know what? I'm going to take the day and read the dictionary. We're going to take the day now and sign off, though, because we, we've got to do things yeah, with the day, sure. unfortunately. I've got to, like, go. go do stuff. Thanks for listening. I hope Thank you, guys, you so much for listening. I hope you learned some stuff. I learned a ton of stuff. Yes. And I'm going to try to. And stay tuned, because next week we'll kind of take this a little further and talk even more about, like, how our, like I said, our stupid cave people brains affect everything from uh, fidelity, marriage, everything. So I'm going to try to get some reading done. Heck so yeah. So I can not be the peanut gallery. <laughs> All right, y'all. Um, signing off. Follow us on social media. Thanks for listening. We love you so much. Bye. Bye.